Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Welcome to the good news. Excited. A lot of really cool ladies on the show today. Inspirational Eve joining us in the second segment. I found her on the CNN top weight loss stories of the year. 150 pounds she's lost. So she's lost more than a me. Wow. That's amazing. That's cool. She's lost a me. I like yeah, that. More than yeah. a me. Way mm-hmm. to go, Inspirational Eve. Yes. You are inspirational. You are very inspirational. Good name. Good thing your parents named you Inspirational. Or you Absolutely. think she changed it. Or changed it. <laughs> <laughs> Bit okay. <laughs> with a phrase, inspiration. Her, yeah, she, her real name is probably Kathy. It's That's Eve cool. Parker. Inspirational Kathy. Does it really work? Doesn't no, ring no. A bell. no, no. It's uh, it's actually she worked for Tony Robbins, and they actually. Um, oh my goodness! Yeah, oh. yeah came up. Tony up with Robbins, that. though. Yeah. He rocks the house, yeah. So does Inspirational Eve. Walk so, on the fire things. Yeah, I don't want to walk on any oh, fire, no. but no. I, but I would like to cut out cupcakes. So she will help me with that. No fire involved. Cupcakes. Yeah. You mean well, cut she, out or cut up? No what did out. You just like, say I don't want to walk on fire. I just want to stop eating cupcakes. So Inspirational ah. Eve will help me with that. Tony Robbins makes you walk on fire. Eve makes you cut your calories. Well, what if oh. they're red velvet cupcakes? Oh, I'm maybe. just saying. I know. With Valentine's Day. bring that up right now? Sorry. See, now I have all I can it's see Valentine's in, my, in my mind's eye is a red. I'm a recovering addict. I have a sugar. Yeah. People are like, what? I'm, a, I'm an addict. Currently. I'm trying to be recovering. Yeah. yeah Hi, I'm my name good. is Angie Austin, and I'm a cupcake addict. Yeah. Hi, Angie. I've come a long way. I used to not be able to go to like a birth birthday or a wedding without having the cake because the frosting's so delicious. But mm-hmm. anyway, I digress, and I love to do that because it's very fun. All right, so Robbie Yopst is here. She's an Hi. author and a speaker. Hello, Robbie. How are you Robbie. doing, Angie? Good. Okay. You look good today. Thank you. You look good yes, every do. day. Thank you. But you look good today. Thank you. And Beatrice, you look good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thank you, that is a nice Robbie Yopes. Too. This is Beatrice yeah. Bruno, the drill sergeant of life, and Robbie's trying to suck up to me today. Yes. But yes, it's I all am. right because I love Robbie. Yes. You're, she only I, likes me. I said I like you, Beatrice. She goes, I love you. So you're a drill sergeant <laughs> with a heart. You you're more you're a drill sergeant with more heart than the author speaker Robbie Yopes, apparently. Oh, or more love. Wow. Have, more love. More love. More love. Wow. Yes. Thank you so much for you know noticing what? that. They, uh, I'm good. I'm uh, my self con- concept is yeah. intact. Yeah, you're you're good with the self esteem. All right, so we're um we're <laughs> all right. Wait, sorry. we're gonna talk about Valentine's Day and love in a minute. But because Beatrice is a former drill sergeant, um, I I thought this was so touching. This school, when the parents go away to serve in the military, they put a giant yellow ribbon for the family on a tree, and when the soldier returns, the kids get to take the ribbon down. So all the kids, all the military families, have a sense of like, um, you know, sacrifice and like, hey, look at you know what Bobby's dad's doing for our family, you know, for our for our country. And so they were Wonderful. taking this uh, ribbon down, and the school helped to surprise the kids. Well, so you'll hear the little boy; he's probably about third grade, and he comes out and you hear him yell "Daddy," and then of course there's some silence because he's crying and the dad's like oh you're making me cry but i love these reunions they're so (laughs) stick and sweet take a listen daddy (laughs) daddy 
Oh, good. Crying. You got me crying now. I can't do that. He's in full uniform, and he's like telling me to stop. I mean, you can't get me crying, but that was neat. And then the little girl comes out, and she's just silent. She walks towards him like a zombie, and I couldn't even play it because there's no sound. Because she's just <laughs> she just holds him and cries like silently. Oh, and she's in shock. So sweet, sweet. Oh my gosh. Thank you, that. thank you, service people. Thank you, Beatrice, You're for what welcome. you did for our country. Honestly, yeah, I love seriously. my service peeps. I really yeah. do. I look at these guys, these young folks nowadays, and I just love every one of them. Absolutely. I'm telling you, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna play it today, but I've got a segment that was done about um, a young boy from Sudan. He was eight when he was taken from Sudan. Mm-hmm. So he he's lucky enough. He's taken mm-hmm. from his parents. He comes to this country and he serves um, in in the army, I believe. Mm-hmm. And he is sobbing about America. He doesn't cry about leaving his parents, about losing friends in combat. When they talk about America, he sobs and wipes yes. tears from his face because he said this country has given me so much. And he just reunited with his parents. They found him in Sudan. Oh wow! Yeah, awesome. I saw that. It was wonderful. And he's one of the Isn't lost it? boys in Sudan. Yes. Those are incredible yeah. stories. On all those boys, things have happened to, I mean, it's amazing. Somebody should write a book. Uh, I bet they have already, but yeah. of, of all those stories. Yes. It's amazing. Because they grab the American dream by the tail and yes. they won't let it go because they've Absolutely. seen the worst and now they've seen the best. And this is the best, even though some of us don't realize it. That's well, because right. we haven't lived in the worst. Yes. Many of us have not. You're right. All right. I've got one more just little thing as we move towards uh, Valentine's Day. I'm going to give Robbie plenty of time because well, she likes to talk. <laughs> and uh, number two, Tim, we Moose and I laughed about this so hard because Tim Hawkins, clean comedian, love him. He talks about how you know a relationship and Valentine's Day, we all want to have a good relationship. How communication is the key. I don't know if he quite has it right. And then he talks about the differences between men and women when it comes to texting. And I think he's nailed that one. Communication, he's not so on the right track. The texting, <laughs> yes. So take a listen to Tim Hawkins. Like one of the conflict resolution tools they teach in marriage is ask questions when you have a disagreement. Don't just start spewing out what you think, make it worse. Ask questions, try to relate, make it better. I used that last week. My wife and I got into a disagreement. It got hot, it got heated. We started a fight. I stopped myself right there, started asking questions. Honey, why are you being a psycho right now? (laughs) Men and women text differently. Like when men text something, it's just a couple of words, da-da-da, send. That's all I had to say. I have nothing left right now. I'm tapped out right now. When I get another thought, I will send that out to you. But right now, just a couple of crickets playing racquetball up there. But women, when women text, what are you doing? Oh, you look like a squirrel holding a nut. You're like, yeah, I'm gonna tell her that too. I got a carriage return on your phone. This is my text to her right here. Hello, my darling. How you doing today? Send. And that's when the floodgates open. (laughs) Now I'm going to read you her response. Good, I'm just so tired. Went to chiropractor. I'm super tight through shoulders and mid-back, so he loosened that up. He said, it sounds like my brain isn't shutting off for some reason. I asked him if it would be from playing electronic games before bed. He said, probably so. He said, try that. Have a sip of wine before bed. If I don't sleep good the next week, come back and try acupuncture. Smiley face. I'm feeling very draggy, but still as Jack and Stacey, so it could be in the air. Have it. Jackson played Xbox before bed, so he could have the same issues. <laughs> so I text back, okay. Actually, it was just K. Okay. That's all it was. I don't want to overdo it. Get a blister or something. <laughs> That's what Moose says oh, too, great. but he just does K. Gosh, Isn't that so that's classic? Funny. That's, that's so funny. true. It's, yeah, it is, isn't it's it? So, well, my husband, I'll give him these long texts, and I, I've learned not to take, like to read into mm-hmm. his text because he'll go, fine. <laughs> and I think, well, 
okay, is he angry with me? What does that mean? Is it fine or fine or fine? Exactly. So, and I put all these time, and he's like, one day we had this huge argument. And uh, when he got home, he's like, I was never mad. What are you talking <laughs> oh, I know. About? Well, your texts weren't. No, they weren't. Oh, my god! Isn't gosh. that funny? Why are we like that? Why do we do that? I think, Beatrice, I think you and I are a little more dude-ish. You know, because I grew up yeah. with boys. Yeah. So my husband wants to, like, talk about his emotions. And, mm-hmm. and so I try to get, I d- kill two birds with one stone. I get a, neck, a walk-in, so I get exercise, mm-hmm. and then I let him talk about his emotions. So I feel like he's talking, and I'm walking, you know. <laughs> and, but when it comes, you know, but he, he talks more about feelings. And I yeah. think I have, grown up with boys, I'm a little bit more guy-ish when it comes to, yeah. and you being a drill sergeant, yeah. I think sometimes women, when you work with them as a drill sergeant, you're like, why do they have so many emotions? Why are there so many problems? Just get to the job done yes yes you know? get, get to the point baby just leave all that other stuff out you know wh- what do you need now you know and that's how I am with my husband and it works because we're both military so oh, you know we're funny. very terse you know and very to the point and we're done with it I love it I oh love my it. goodness but I thought that was so classic because I think a lot of women do that and when I catch myself explaining with way too much information then I'll relook at it and I do this to my other producer Steve I'll be like Steve you just gave like three paragraphs when you could have just said we're live from 4 to 8 a.m. When can you go? What time zone are you in? What country are you in? What's your topic about? And I'm like, what are you doing? Just say, this is when we're live. When can you do, you know? Oh, my gosh. When, that's I'm, ta- funny. when I'm talking to my husband and going on and on and on, he'll often say, um, sweetie, land the plane. Oh, my gosh. Hilarious. I love it. several arguments. Oh, because it's not very I, complimentary, is it? No, it isn't. Land the plane. Which is basically, you know, to the point. please, you're talking too much. Gosh. But now, after so many years of being married, I understand. Yeah. That many my, times, if I tell him what the point is, and then he'll let me just talk. I see. Now, see, with my mom, when she tells a story, you need to pull up a chair and make a sandwich, because it is going to be <laughs> a long time before the punchline, the point, or the plane is landed, you know? And I didn't get that. Like, my dad can tell a really good story and, like, end it properly. But my mom, a half an hour, I'm like, Mom, I could have wrapped that up in three minutes. Oh, yeah. Here's how I would tell that story. Oh, yeah. You know, and there's a punchline, there's a funny part in the middle, and then, whoa, that, you're done. You know, but it's an art, you know, and so I love it that he tells you to land the plane. I actually think that's kind I like of amusing. That. I, I think I'm going to use that. <laughs> well, I go really ahead. Do. I wish he didn't. Use it cautiously. Um, Maybe well, when someone's sleeping, you can say that so they won't hear you. No. Complimentary. <laughs> no, I'll use it as I turn away and say, land the plane. <laughs> and then I'm gone. So. Oh, I love it. I like that. All right. Well, I send you both out to look for good news. And I think we've got about 10 minutes left. So I want to make sure I give you guys half the time. I know you've got something there, Robbie Yopes, author, speaker. You speak a lot. You're out in the community. You have a lot of friends. And so I tell you to look for good news or come up with ideas to share on the show that will inspire people. Well, I, you know what? I am just kind of today really standing up for my brothers. Okay. For my husband and for all the men out there. Who look at Valentine's Day mm-hmm. differently. My husband and I are writing a book about marriage right now. Yes. So we've been having these long discussions about life and stuff. And we had this long discussion about Valentine's Day. So I, what I want to tell you is the top five ways a husband looks at Valentine's Day. Okay. I'd like to now, hear that. <clears throat> yeah, me too. This is maybe not every husband, of mm-hmm. course, but many husbands. Number Your husband's in the land the plane category. Okay. So keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> husband. Okay. Go ahead. Um, number five, and he looks at it with fortitude because it's another day to be compared to Brad Pitt and all those oh, real Lord. romantics in movies. Really? Yes. Because okay, when oh. I met your husband, you're like, look at my husband. Isn't he so handsome? Look at my handsome husband. I think you treat him like Brad Pitt. Well, I, we have learned, but still, 
I have these ideas of, you know, I, I still go back to, don't you know what I want? Or mm-hmm. why don't you treat me better? Or he's never surprised me. We always think they can read our minds, and I've yet to find one that can. Yeah, really. Yes, and I'm getting to that. And with fear, consequences of doing nothing can be deadly. Okay, so, so he approaches Valentine's Day with fear. Some oh, men a do. lot of men do. It's like, okay, I've got to perform. I've got to do something. Or I'm in trouble. Mm-hmm. Okay. With confusion. What? <laughs> I doesn't know what to do. Exactly. This, what? This holiday? What? Oh, it's the four. Or t- wow. Oh, what? What am I supposed to? Yes. A lot of men do that. I love it. Bless their hearts. And with hope, a chance to bed their wives. What? A chance to bed their wives. Is it bad? Like B-A-D. Okay, sorry. I'm out of touch. Bed. I'm trying to keep it clean here. Okay, yes, yes, yes. And then the number one way, and this is my husband has actually said this, the number one way a husband looks at Valentine's Day with resignation, it's another chance to fail. Oh, but think I've about beating it. that man down. He said that. <laughs> no, Let me look no, at that. No. that his handwriting. No. Oh. <laughs> but it's true because we women so many times put this these expectations. I on you know our what? Men. I agree with you. I don't think I do. Honestly, I just want a pair of Nikes. That's like my dream gift for Valentine's Day. Which if you're listening, honey, a size seven and a half to eight. <laughs> uh, but with what that color? said, uh, any. Um, I think that a lot of women expect way too much and that a lot of women think love equates jewelry or love equates chocolates or remembering. And uh, it doesn't have to be expensive. Just write a card out if you really are busted. Uh, You know, you don't have a lot of money. Absolutely. I must have the exception to the rule because my husband, he buys cards. He buys the most awesome cards cards for valentine's day for birthdays for christmas and i mean you can tell it's heartfelt he spent time reading these cards in the store and when i get it i'm like oh what do you want you know you know what do you want me to cook i'll cook anything i'll do it what do you want because he's just he is just so awesome he really is you know and i I, my brother's out there if y'all want tips, y'all need to call my husband. His name is John Bruno Sr. Because he has it going on for Valentine's Day. So you might want to call him. He bought me the little, um, what's the little, the little charm? Swan yeah. diamond thing uh-huh. for Christmas. And I looked at it and I was And he does this constantly. Okay, all right. That's I have some kind of disorder because if my yeah. husband gets me something expensive, I return it. Well, I like, you, because I think it's too expensive, or I, I don't want him to spoil me. And I guess I'm I am like a dude. Like I just I want yeah, some I want some dude. hiking you're, shoes. I yeah, really like you know, a sensible bookcase or piece of furniture. And you know, a, a, I don't need anything. I don't know. Like I know he loves me. I have uh, the opposite of uh, John Bruno Senior. He's a wonderful man. He mm-hmm. is, Husband. but he yeah. does not do romance unless I tell him. So what I've, we've gotten over the years, I tell him specifically what I want. I help him plan the night because mm-hmm. it's his Valentine's Day too. Yes, and I'm very thankful if he does anything right. And you do something for him too. That's the other thing. Absolutely. Uh, two of my radio friends got in a little bit of an argument because she was wondering what her husband was going to get, and then the male radio friends said, "Well, what are you getting him?" And she they kind of got into a little thing about it. And I do think it's mutual. Uh, can I tell you some of the things, just according to surveys, that men do want and don't want? Yes. First of all, um, uh, men they would like uh, they, um, they'd like most a kiss or a hug. 
Apparently. Wink, wink, apparently. Affection, absolutely. Yes. Uh, chocolates play second, followed by wine or food. How funny. They want a kiss, some chocolate, some wine, and some food, yeah. like a pizza. Yeah. Some like heart-shaped pepperoni. Yeah. That, that'd be hog heaven. Women says uh, chocolate, kisses, flowers, and jewelry. So apparently we all want the same thing in different order, though, for women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. they'll take the chocolate first and the kisses later. <laughs> all right. And then the th- what they don't want, and isn't that hilarious? Yeah. What they don't want, apparently, wives don't want um, stuffed animals and lingerie. That's according to Money Men. Magazine. Those that's are those are their least favorite. My the get. worst Valentine's Day gift I've ever been given was by my beloved mm-hmm. husband, who forgot it was Valentine's Day. This was a few years Dancing ago. Dancing monkey that sings "I Love You." No, no. <laughs> he brought me. He uh, we lived in San Diego, and he went to an Albertsons type store, mm-hmm. and he brought me a a mug with a plastic flower in it. Mm-hmm. And it was dusty and dirty. Oh, Lord. It had been there forever. And so he's like, here, happy Valentine's Day. And I looked at that thing, and we had words. Did you go off? We had words. I'm sorry. But, you know, over the years, we've come to understand, I need to tell him, this is what I want. This is the number. This is the store. This is where you can get on sale. Mm -hmm. And I'm happy. And he's happy too because he has no idea what goes on in my mind. Well, at least you figured oh. it out. See, I would yes. I would die laughing with the mug, and I would place that like on my desk in a focal point because I think it, I would think it was hilarious that he made the effort, and that that's all he could find was <laughs> well, like it's Seven Eleven, one of those pine trees you hang in your car to smell better, and he writes I love you on it. I'd be like, oh, hey, bro, you tried. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. think I don't know. I've just never been one that I'm learning to be generous in that way. Yeah. And I I now if he did that, I'd say thank you so much for thinking of me. But yeah. back then it was what what wow Wait, this is what you think of me a dirty mug and a plastic flower oh that is hilarious i can just see the look on your face when he set <laughs> that like, down what? and the dust went up in the air you know like in a cloud <laughs> but it's better now it's all better that's now cool. well, i love the idea cool. of recreating your first date i, know, for Valentine's. I, I wrote I that down neat. when you said that and then another thing i think that someone um, said recently and i think i've mentioned this on the show but i just think it's so cool um like be a tourist in your own city you know, find or some fun adventure. I like I, yeah. I'm a time person. I want quality time and experiences and adventures. That's mm-hmm. fun to me. I'd rather go away, like to YMCA, the Rockies as a family. That to me would be a great Valentine's Do Day. Do you present. know your husband's love language? A lot of women his don't. Is, um, his is affection, and um, but he what he gives is wa- car washings. He service. likes to do acts of service, and like I don't really care if my car is clean, but I know he should. I'm, I'm telling you, I love you by uh, by using Armorol on your vehicle. That's exactly <laughs> my husband. I have gassed and changed the oil, and all I've Armoroled all leather areas in your car. That means I love you. And I'm like, okay, uh, see you later. You know, but that's like not my love language. I just want time together. But that's his too. He also likes quality time. So, do you know your husband's love language? Caring for me. Uh, that's he'll ask me. He said, "Have you rested today? Have you eaten today?" Aww. Because he knows oh I go gosh. full out okay. all day. Okay, okay let me sorry. just be honest for a minute. A, I love Beatrice and John, <laughs> and B, oh come on, <laughs> really? Look, this is she twenty-four is like years of marriage. Perfect husband. This is twenty-four years, and it's, it's he's not a truck been driver. He's gone he a lot, so she gets to do whatever she wants. Yeah, <laughs> and when he's home, I treat him care. like he's home. Yeah, he like rested a, enough. Oh, yeah, I I when I went him. to um, Cape Dorado, I made sure he had his um, Super Bowl snacks 
while I was on the road. Uh, Inspirational Eve's lost 150 pounds. She's next. I wish I had another hour with you guys. We should just have you stay longer next time. Cool we'll work on that. Robbie Yobst, how do people find you if uh, they want to find your books or have you come speak? RobbieYobst.com, I-O-B-S-T. Drill Sergeant of Life, if people would like you to speak or they want your books, how do they find you? DrillSergeantOfLife.com. Coming up next, Inspirational Eve, Inspirational Sue, Inspirational Kathy. You're right, Eve really does Eve have a word to it. Yeah. Eve Parker is next on The Good News. Hear about our victory in Jesus Christ. You are listening to 810 AM KLVZ. God's love lives. Do you need money for your school or maybe you need money for your organization? I have a great idea for you. It's called Buck a Bag. So you get all the parents, let's say, at your school to bring in clothing and shoes. And for every medium-sized bag, your school or organization gets a dollar. A thousand bags of clothing and shoes, you get a thousand dollars. And then all of those bags of goods go to ARC. And all of that money will then in turn help the disabled community. I have Miranda from ARC here. Uh, tell us a little more, Miranda. Yes, it's a wonderful fundraiser. It's very popular among schools, sports organizations churches. It's a great way to earn money for your nonprofit organization. So Excellent. collect bags and boxes of donations. Give us a call. We'll come pick them up, count them, and then pay you accordingly, a dollar per bag or per box. It's a great way to raise money for your school or not-for-profit organization. Tell us how we do it. Give us your website and instructions, Miranda. You can find our contact information on arcthrift.org. Click on Mission, and then click on Raise Money for Your Cause, and you'll find my contact information there. Excellent. A buck a bag. Denver, this is Pastor John A. Moreland, Senior Pastor of the Denver Christian Bible Church. I'd like to invite you to join us for the radio program of Denver Christian Bible Church on our sister station. That's 1220 on the AM dial. You can find us Monday through Friday from 745 to 815. Again, that's 1220 on your AM dial every morning, Monday through Friday. And if you think we're having a good time on Therapy Tuesdays, wait until you join us as we walk through God's Word. It doesn't get any better than that. Come where the table is spread and the feast of the Lord is going on. God bless you. Well, if you want to attain your dreams and you want to reach your goals, Carrie Conley is the woman to do it. And we just had a great seminar. Boy, that was fun. And we learned so much. We It was a life changer, was it not? It changed my life last year and once again this year. Very inspirational. It's such a reward for me, Angie, when I see people, not only when I work with them one-on-one or in my small mastermind groups, but when you've got 200 people in a room and you can see them, I can see all their faces when I say something or somebody else says something where you can just know that that hit them to the core. And they made a huge shift in their life. And that's what it's all about. Well, you've really guided me in my career, achieving some of the goals that, you know, I had in mind over the last year. You helped me write it all down. If people want to work with you in the future, how do they get in touch with you? And how do they work with you on achieving their goals, Right. So the best way to reach me is just through my website, infinitenation.com. And what I do is run mastermind groups that I bring people into for the year and help them achieve their goals, build their business infinitenation.com. Thanks, Carrie. Thank you. The word and music that expresses his love for us. The new 810 Love Lives KLVZ. Welcome back to the good news. Okay, I'm so excited. I'm so excited when I see someone online and I love what they their story and then I expect that I'm going to have to do a phone interview with them and then I find out that they live in my hometown of Boulder, Colorado. How exciting is that, Inspirational Eve? Ooh, 
I know. When I heard about you and you came to me, I'm like, wow, this is local. Let's do this. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> and you know, I um, at, you may know I have a national show called Daybreak USA as well. And, and so I've had Eve on that show. But to have her like in my local neck of the woods, to have her on my local show as well is so exciting. So here's the deal. I'm like perusing, looking for good news as I always do. And I come across the 10 most amazing weight loss stories of the year. So these were the 10 best weight loss stories of the year. And uh, so I peruse through them and I see Eve and I see this beautiful little face and I see she's lost 150 pounds. And then I start reading her story. And I'm like, I have got to have her on the show because I could just tell you were just spunky like me <laughs> right away. I did. I could tell. Definitely. And that's been a huge part of what's gotten me through this is just being spunky and making it all fun because this life is supposed to be fun. Yeah. It's not just fun when you get a raise or you lose 150 pounds exactly. or you get married. <laughs> yeah. It's supposed to be fun in between. Exactly. And making even the difficult or the contrasting moments, um, finding fun in them or finding at least a lesson in them. Yeah. So get that smidgen of joy even in the days that aren't your favorite day of the week. Yeah. Because you know? yeah. there's always something to learn. There's always something. I mean, we always have something to be grateful for. You and I have talked yeah. about that before. Yeah. You never know you're going to meet a new friend like we did. Exactly. Like, hey, you might meet a new friend. It's like you can look forward <laughs> you to gotta that. You got to be open to it, though. You got to be open to the transformations. <laughs> All right. So I want to take people back in your journey because you're going to join us again on Friday to talk more about how your whole life now is based around inspiring people and helping them lose weight and holding, holding their hand through the process. But I want to go back to Eve, 150 pounds heavier. Let's hear about your story because I know you grew up in a family that was overweight and that ate a lot. And so let's go back. Back to Eve. Did you start out chunky? Like, you know, I saw your little pic girl picture as cute mm-hmm. as a button, but you already <laughs> looked like food would oh definitely I was a very large girl I'm um, just to put it in perspective for everybody I weigh 190 pounds now and I haven't weighed this since elementary school so I was always a very large child I was like a almost a 10 pounder type baby and I consistently gained weight so there was no real one event in my life that created the the massive weight gain it was very gradual I remember being the largest kid even in kindergarten uh in every well, grade. tell that story about kindergarten by the way because that really struck me and it struck your teacher. So let's talk about yes. already in kindergarten, you knew about weight. Exactly. As I say it, diet was my first four letter word, if you will, oh, because yeah. I remember my parents struggled with weight. And so naturally my mom, not knowing what to do, just put us on diets like so many, I think, struggle with. And that started the eating disorders. But in kindergarten, I remember I was star of the week, like we all are. And we get yes. to come in. What's your favorite movie? What's your favorite color? And then of course the infamous, what do you want to be when you grow up? Well, I always wanted to be a famous actress, but more than anything, and what I wrote on my piece of paper was that when I grow up, I want to be thin. And so even at that age of five, six years old, I had this concept that in order to be happy and successful later in life- Or to be good or, or to be worthy. good, exactly, the good enough, the worthiness, which I'll yes. talk about later with you, was that I needed to be thin in order to do that. So even at such a young age, and I carried that, I carried that through my entire life, and it's something I still work on with myself and my clients. Um, but yes, I knew I was different from others, even from then, that there are the thin girls and boys, and then there's the overweight ones, and I am that, and I am not worthy. So it was, it, it, that struggle took me through, oh my goodness, all the way into my 20s. I um, I continued to gain weight. Uh, I lived in a household where very much food was comfort, food was love. Uh, later on, when I started studying psychology and learning about neurological associations, um, I didn't realize that I was trying to literally 
find through food happiness, success, love, comfort, sometimes just relief and relaxation. Um, and that is what my family did. My parents, you know, we didn't, uh, we were very much loved, but my parents weren't happy in their marriage. They weren't happy in their life decisions. And so what did they do? They turned to food. We went to McDonald's. We went to Jack in a Box. We had pizza every Friday. And that is when I started making this association that food meant love. Because the only time I saw my family happy was when we were eating uh, and we came together. Like it was an excitement. I even remember in my family, um, and my, my brothers never, I don't think, no, none of them have really had a weight problem, but I do remember, my, my parents struggled with their weight though. And I do remember being like the, the buffets, like the mm, all you can eat oh buffets. My and I was the Danger only girl. Zone. <laughs> yeah, I was the only girl. Oh. And so like all these boys, you know, and my dad, so four men in the family and two women in the family uh, that, that just go into town. And I felt that, wow, if they get four cookies, then I should get four cookies. Yeah. And then when they clean my room, there'd be all these extra cookies because oh. I couldn't eat that much, but they'd find them in my dresser. Wow. I, they're getting birth extra birthday cake. I'm getting it. They're getting four <laughs> cookies. I'm getting it. And I'd stick them in my dresser drawer and then there they'd be. Goodness. <laughs> but I just remember that excitement about the all you can yes. eat Oh buffets. my gosh, absolutely. And most people can relate. I mean, we all love food, but then there are those who just take it to um, a bit of extremes and that go out of control with it. And I was absolutely one of those that I was trying to find, th- I was trying to fill voids in my life with food and clearly that was not benefiting me because as I grew older it only got worse because so when you were in your 190 in grade school Mm -hmm. uh, you you went on from there oh definitely like so in middle school I remember you know that's around the time where you start going to amusement parks with your friends and you're so excited and I remember it I was about seventh or eighth grade I couldn't ride roller coasters because they wouldn't latch so it's like something is basic yes I remember when my cousins and I went and riding this roller coaster and I was so excited that I got to go on one of them because the rest I can't fit and once I got to high school I couldn't sit just in one uh, airplane seat I had to purchase two seats on an airplane in high school mm-hmm. come high school and that was embarrassing because I was a competitive speaker so I was on the speech and debate team and while the school was paying for me to go on these trips so it was always like this conversation of oh no are they gonna have to buy me two seats and even just on the bus rides when we would rent vans to go to speech tournaments it's like well there's Eve taking up half the back and it was just I felt like my entire existence was shameful and so at that point because that your weight loss journey hadn't started yet no did you feel what trapped did you know how to lose weight had you tried were you frustrated were you just like this is what it is goodness all of the above really um I had tried as I said that you know my mom put us on diets I remember doing the Atkins diet and there was a grapefruit diet and there was like an egg whites diet and then there's like South Beach then there's you know diet 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 and none of them would work now I shouldn't say they didn't completely work because I would lose some weight and then I'd gain it right back I remember as I got older I would like lose 60, yay, but then I'd gain 80 right back because I didn't get to the root of what was going on. So yes, I very much felt stuck. I felt so stuck. And, you know, I was very fortunate. I've always been, like you said, very bubbly and very likable. And so I wasn't teased as much, I think, as others, but I still felt it. You know, it's like you, you were, I always related, and maybe this is because I have older brothers. I always related with the X-Men because they feel like mutants to this society. And I always walked around being this very, 
very large woman feeling like a mutant in this world. And I never felt like I fit in spatially and emotionally that there was no place for me. And so, yes, I was very, very much a struggle because I didn't know what to do. It's like, but I lose weight, but then I gain it back. Why? Why can't I seem to remain motivated? And you didn't know we'll how to do the, the maintenance part. Yeah, either. absolutely. So, yes, I very much felt stuck. And I remember once I went to um, when I was older and I went to college and I remember I would frequently cry on the way to school because I was so embarrassed. I could barely fit in the chairs and I'm half hanging out of those uh, the college chairs when you're trying to like sneak into them. And were you like in your in the 300s when you were in college? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I okay. think, um, I stopped weighing myself after a while. Um, and for years I didn't weigh myself. So I don't know exactly the age when I reached my 300s, but it was easily around 19, I would assume. And so you're in college, you're mm-hmm. crying on the way to school because you're embarrassed trying to fit into the chairs, those little goofy desks and stuff. That and I'm taking had. nutrition classes. So, and I'm the only overweight person in there. So it's so mortifying to even go to school and like, I have all of the information. I have the textbook. It tells me how to do it, but why can't I do it? Yeah. I totally get that. I can feel the frustration that you must have felt. Mm. So then when, talk about some of the things that started to happen that really were like life changing for you later in your 20s. Definitely. Well, I remember I used to be a cigarette smoker and I used to experiment with all kinds of, yes, I was smoking even at that weight. Yes. So experimenting with other stuff. Oh yes. With other substances. Definitely. Because it's like, well, the food's not working. There's got to be something else that will. And of course the that just digs you deeper. Um, I started becoming a compulsive overeater. I started um, becoming bulimic because I thought, well, maybe if I start, you know, at least just letting go of all this stuff that I ate. How. You're I didn't try- know how. You're just trying all these different things, figuring out what yes, might what make could you work. fix you, make you feel better. Exactly. Fix me. And uh, I remember I got into a relationship when I was about 18 years old with a man who was um, obsessed with obese women. So he liked women who were overweight. Yes. And so oh, he and the liked bigger it. the better. And he wanted you to be heavy. He so wa- he would yes. not have been supportive of you losing he was no, not did not want you ta- to lose weight no and even when I talked about it he was like you know well don't lose too much or well I don't want you to leave me and you know these and it's like the one thing ultimately that I'm trying to get from food which is love and acceptance this man's giving me whether it's genuine or not is you know it's a whole other conversation but it is at least what I want so I was so conflicted of well if I stay with him I stay you know fat and overweight and unhappy and unhealthy but I get the thing that I've been seeking. Uh, my parents were sick. So around, I think I was 20, 21, my dad got really ill. He had dementia. He had congestive heart failure. Small young. Thing. Yes, he was only his late 50s. Ugh. And my mom, her body started just degenerating with uh, all the genetic illnesses that run in my family, like lupus and Hodgkin's lymphoma. And so her body is just eating itself alive. So here I am. Both overweight and you're seeing... What could happen to you? Oh, yes, absolutely. Like a genetic mirror, as I like to put it. That I'm staring at these individuals. It is. Oh, my gosh, it was, it was, it was. And just taking care of my dad, changing diapers, helping his nurse administer pills, making meals. It's like, this is my future. And you're, you know, in your early 20s and he's only in his 50s. Yeah, exactly. And I had a doctor tell me at one point, because I went in, because I quit smoking, because I knew that was bad. And I felt like I had a heart attack. At one point, my complete, like, arm went numb. And I was told I had sleep apnea. And my blood... Blood pressure is 200 over 100. My cholesterol is over 300. And basically sums it up as if you don't change, you may not live to be 40. And it was just like, it's like the wind was knocked out of me. Like I, what? And my life at this point wasn't, didn't even feel like it was worth living. I always wore a smile on my face, but 
you know, it was just, I hid. I hid in plain sight, if you will. Yeah, um, you hid in plain sight. I hid in plain sight. So really, I remember I was about 20, I was 24 years old, and I'd stepped up on a scale, and I saw that I was 340 pounds, and I just, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that I'd allowed it to go that far. And mind you, all of this happening, I'm still thinking to myself, how, how, how am I going to do this? It can't, I, I don't see it being humanly possible. And there was one day that, um, being bulimic, I had just let go of the meal that I'd just eaten into the toilet. And I remember I caught a glimpse of myself, and I couldn't believe that I didn't recognize who was staring back at me. I'm sure I've shared that with you. No, you haven't. Oh, I haven't. Oh my goodness. Yes. That was a, that was, that was the turning point when I, I just thrown up and I'm looking down and I'm like, who is this? Who am I? How have I allowed it to go this far? Like, I understand that my life hasn't been the best, but why have I let this go this far? And it was a conversation I had with myself, um, you know, with God, with, uh, you know, just, I don't know if this is it. I, kind of I, crying I, out like, yeah, yeah what, what, I don't what? think I can keep going like this. Yeah, I can't. And painful. I don't. And my mom had, you know, going through all the surgery, she had prescription drugs just sitting around. So I'm like, wow, if I really wanted to, I could very easily exit this earth. But there was something inside me as I'm having this conversation, literally out loud, teary eyed. Oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? And it feels like end of my life. There's something that says, but what if this time could be different? And it's like, oh, yeah, but it can't be. There's no way. I've tried this. I've lost 60 and gained 80 like three times. But something's like, but but maybe this time could be different. One more shot, Eve. One more shot. Um, And I struggled with that for what felt like a half hour. It was probably only five or ten minutes. But I just kept thinking, but what is, what's so different this time? And in retrospect, it was, I was different. I was finally so fed up. I was tired of you know, feeling sorry for myself for playing the pity party card because yes, some, some circumstances in our life have been out of our control and we've been placed in an area where we didn't necessarily want to be, but it is our responsibility to get out of it and that we have the power that we get out to get out of it. To make that decision. Yeah. yeah, To make a change. So I went based off faith, just that voice. I was like, I'm going to make a change. Based off faith. And then, so now you're 150 pounds lighter. We're going to continue your whole journey um, and how this has not just changed the way you know you, you feel and your shape, but it's changed your life course because now you're helping people lose weight. Mm-hmm. But we've got like two minutes left, and then we're going to continue your story on Friday. So just tell us a little bit about that first step. So then you you're like, okay, fine. You know, mm-hmm. you're like just based on faith. I'm going to go ahead and I'll give it one more shot. I'm not going to end my life. I'm going to give. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. And I remember I'll never forget you talking about how you could only walk to the end of your driveway. That that was that was the exercise yeah literally we had a long driveway and I and you know I drove it every day but it was like well maybe I could walk it and then I was like oh I can't do this so it's like okay well that'll be my first my first shot is one that's my goal that's like my life's ambition right now because I'm putting everything on this that I'm gonna walk my driveway and it took me a while but I worked at it every single day and some days were better than others but once I got to the top of the driveway I was like oh my gosh it's like I a, a, a new restored faith in life and myself like whoa what else could be possible so then I was like well maybe I could walk the neighborhood and I was too embarrassed to do it during the day so I did it early in the morning or late at night and then once wow, yeah so it was embarrassed you're afraid people might yell things that you were oh saying yeah or just like brah, brah. yeah exactly numerous things that have been said you before. did it in the evening yeah all right so I want to make sure that people can reach you because now you actually work with and inspire people so if you're in Colorado one of our markets here or we're based out of Denver um, you can 
can um, actually work with Eve and uh, find her if you want to read her blog, you know, her information that she posts. She's got a whole website. So tell us how to reach you. Absolutely. Um, www.inspirationaleve.com. I actually can coach anyone um, anywhere in the world. Uh, and you can follow me on Facebook uh, slash Inspirational Eve or on Instagram. Instagram. I love it. All right. So Eve will be back on Friday and then we're going to hear how her journey progressed from there. And uh, how fun to get to Yay! meet you in person finally. So Yay. Fun. Like instant friendies. I love it. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back with the good news. The love of Christ lives on 810 KLVZ. One in six children in Colorado are living below the federal poverty line, and A Precious Child is here to help. They are a wonderful organization that is devoted to making a positive impact in the lives of disadvantaged and displaced families in Colorado by improving their quality of life. Come on and partner with A Precious Child by volunteering your time or donating funds to assist the children of Colorado to succeed in life, school, and triumph in their future endeavors. They're also in need of donations of gently used clothing, computers, sporting equipment, and shoes. Discover how you can help at A Precious child.org. I don't know about you, but I love to shop and I love a good deal. And my husband likes it when I get a good deal. You have to know about ARC Thrift Stores. On Saturdays, most items are half off. My friend Frances Owens, who's the former first lady you may know, also works for ARC and she and I kind of have a running competition. Yes, we do. So what are some of the good deals you've gotten recently? Well, I just got a Dooney and Burke briefcase for $25. They run around three to $400 perfect condition. I saw an Armani bag in there recently. I didn't get that one, but that was an incredible deal. I did get the coach bag brand new with the tag still on it. It was worth about $200 and I paid, uh, I think it was $20. Well, I just have to say thank you to the people that are donating these things. Oh my gosh. There are so many amazing pieces you can find. They've got 22 locations and your website is if they want to find a location. www.arcthrift.org. And all the money helps people with disabilities. So you spend money and it goes to a great cause. Yay! Hi, it's Angie Austin. Have you ever thought about mentoring someone? Well, guess what? We need you. The Denver Rescue Mission needs mentors for kids and adults. Hello, Alexa with the Denver Rescue Mission. So how can we help you? Uh, You can sign up to be a mentor for a child or an adult, um, people who are um, in one of the Denver Rescue Mission programs. um, And you basically sign up at denverrescuemission.org. And for mentoring, there's a little bit more involved. You may have to do a background check and some of those things. But it's a, a few times a month commitment. And you can spend, you know, an hour or so with a kiddo or an adult and really pour into their lives a little bit when they've come from some some situations in their lives and just be a friend. Yeah, be a friend. And you've been mentoring someone and you find mentoring that young gal very satisfying. I do. I'm mentoring a 14-year-old girl and it's been just a blast. So I really encourage you to, you know, look into it. And give us your website again. DenverRescueMission.org. Christ's love lives in His Word. The new 810 KLVZ. Welcome back to the good news. Dr. Joe had a big event last weekend, and here's really what I've um, learned is that many of us aren't feeling maybe right or we're not sleeping. We feel uh, we get an upset stomach, like all of these little things going wrong or signs that something is wrong. And so as Dr. Joe likes to put it, your grass is turning brown. So I hear over and over, Dr. Joe, and this, this, this drives me nuts. You know, so-and-so got sick or had a heart attack or had a stroke or got cancer, and it came out of nowhere. No, it didn't. 
No, it didn't because I know so-and-so and they weighed 250 pounds. It didn't come out of nowhere. And I'm not trying to be mean. I am not perfect. I am not skinny. I do the best I can. But we are gradually making ourselves sick every single day that we don't do the right thing. And that eventually then you see it in a, an ER visit. But it's there already if we're not taking care of ourselves. It's Absolute, growing. Absolutely. I, I, don't, I don't believe, I hope it never happens to me, but people don't wake up and go, today I'm going to divorce you. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't see this coming. Well, and then someone who, who knows the signs will walk this person to the signs going, oh, the signs have been there the whole time. And the same thing with our bodies. I mean, we forget that we're created in God's image. We're created to be healthy, not strong. We have T-shirts and posters that say God doesn't make junk. But unfortunately, we live in a society that says, no, here's the way you should eat. Here's what you sh- your, 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 your identity should be on what you look and what you weigh. And we have all these th- false you know, false things that, that promise us these beauty and vitality in life, and they don't deliver it. So whether it's food, whether it's diet drinks, whether it's, uh, you know, you don't have to exercise or the wrong kind of exercise, and literally it just makes our bodies, like you said, go from green grass to brown grass. And so it, you know. Not like, oh, I woke up today and have a baseball-sized tumor. That was there three years ago, and it started the size of a walnut or whatever. I, you know what I mean? It's growing. Exactly. I mean, again, I'm not a doctor. I don't mind. That's not exact. You didn't have a tumor three years ago, but something is going wrong before you get the cancer there's a process it's called a disease process that you when you read the science and you read the articles whether it's from the american cancer society that this is a lifestyle disease that you you know smoking for one week didn't give you lung cancer but smoking for 30 years you know okay that one big mac didn't cause you to have to be overweight or have a heart attack but you link a couple hundred of those together over 20, 30, or 1,000 over 20, 30 years, there's your sign. Yeah. You literally are a, a product of, of your time, how you spend it. You reap what you sow. And I think, um, but it's, I just saw, I heard a sermon about you reap what you sow, and it's like it talked about you know decisions you make, that if you're, if you're on the right track and you're on board for health or you're on board for God or whatever your lifestyle is that you're really passionate for, your decisions all reflect that passion for God or your health. And I'm not saying you can never have a Big Mac again, but I certainly haven't had one in a bazillion years. But um, I might have something else that would be considered like um, kind of a splurge for me, like some ice cream or something. Like I might have that every once in a while. So we're not saying never. We're saying with Dr. Joe's plan, I would say Dr. Joe 99% of the time follows his plan. I follow it. I would venture to say 90% of the time. But I do other things that maybe he wouldn't in terms of like I still eat corn, you know, organic corn chips and he really doesn't. Or something, you know, like I might have other things like I still will eat like an organic corn tortilla and maybe he doesn't. You know, so there are other things that I do that he doesn't. But you can make just a couple of little changes that can make a, such a big difference in your health. Just have to be conscious of when it comes to food. You know, I hear people who are journaling for the first time what they eat and they realize, wow, I really don't eat very much. And I probably need to eat more. You know, I need to have more than a few chips and salsa, you know, and then forget that I've even eaten that day and then try to wonder why I have these sugar cravings at night. That literally, you know, if you're wondering what you do eat, okay, then start writing it down. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You know, and I I ask people, they go, I'm doing everything right. I don't know what's wrong. And I say, well, write down everything you eat for the next three days. What do you find many times? Um, They won't even give me the list. Really? They won't even write it down because it's like the the list of shame or whatever. But they, they finally become they finally come face to face with their emotions, why they're eating it, what they're really eating, because they become consciously aware, oh wow, I'm put I'm actually am putting this into my body. Because, you know, I think certain things you eat you forget that you didn't have just one diet coke that day, you had four. 
You know, it just becomes habits. And mm -hmm. if we use food as our emotion, then then our emotions or our stress levels aren't changing. Therefore, our trigger to use food to help cover that up isn't changing. And it really is a reality check. Just writing down what they eat for three days. It's, yeah, just it's, three. It's, and I think it's a great challenge. Just a yeah. few days. If you get to do it three, then do it one. Just so you have an idea of when you're eating. I think I've told you that I found out I was eating standing up and that I was eating like 30 times a day. So I'd have like a couple of bites of dinner, a couple of bites of my kids' breakfast, a couple of bites of this. And then at the time, I was seeing a nutritionist. She's like, you have to sit down when you eat. Yeah. And that was the solution. And eat food and enjoy it. It's yeah. a process. Yeah. I would say like for me, the big changes that I made, well, I already drank a lot of water. So water, um, try to move a little bit more. Try to eat food that's actual food that doesn't have a lot of chemicals in it and stop being afraid of healthy fats. Those are some of the very simple things. And I cut out sugar. Yeah. Just some of the very simple things that will really start you on the path to being healthier. And like we talked about at the makeover, what's, what does your ideal day look like? And you may not get there for a week or two or a month, but at least you have a goal saying, okay, this is what I had for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. This is my snacks. This was the time with my kids. This was the time with my spouse. This is when I spent time reading for myself. And you begin to map that out to really you begin to put that life together. Well, multiply that ideal day times seven, and you got a pretty good week. Mm -hmm. Multiply that times 30, and you got a pretty good month. And I think these, these changes don't happen overnight. And so, you know, it, the key is, yes, eat clean, exercise a little bit every day, you know, spend time with yourself and then multiply that over the next 365 days. Yes. That's and the key. Little by little by little, but now be consistent with that. Well, my husband's sick because he's totally stressed out and he doesn't fit his like, exercise in and he never takes a nap. And he said, how are you doing? I said, I'm doing really well. Mm -hmm. You know, and I map in all this time for homework with the kids and I have three jobs. Now I've cut down to two radio shows instead of three. And uh, so he said, well, why are you okay? Like you get up at three o'clock in the morning. I said, well, first of all, at nine o'clock in the morning, nothing goes in there but my nap. Like nobody can bother me. I get up at 3 a.m. Like that is like coveted. Nothing can go in there. Just a nap. Now I don't meet people for coffee. I don't make a plan. I don't see a client. Just a nap. And I know you do that. Yeah. And then in the afternoon, I have a little bit of time that I work out. And that's that time. And sometimes I can combine that with picking the kids up so they'll play in the playground and I'll get my walk in or whatever it is I'm doing that day for exercise. But I, I those two things, I don't let anyone take those away. And that really keeps my day kind of fun because yeah. it keeps me um, not exhausted and cranky because I get the little nap. And then the, the workout, I get that in. So then I feel good. Yeah. You're not winging your life. I'm not wedding. You're not oh, winging no, your not life. Winging it. That you are being proactive. And you're putting solid yellow lines around those important areas because if you get that in, then you're then you're good to your husband, you're yep. good to your kids. You're, if you don't put all that stuff in, you just wing it, then you're no good to anybody. And I have to say, Dr. Joe, I want people to go. There's a free workout every Saturday at your um, office, office in North Glen. Yep. Everyone can go for free. If you just want to watch the workout, fine. But then you can talk to Dr. Joe, ask him questions if you want. So, Dr. Joe, how do people reach you? Hey, just call my cell phone, 303 349 6011. 303 Three four nine six zero one one. Love to talk to you. That's his cell phone. No one else's. That's his. All right, Dr. Joe. So come on Saturday, free workout. You can ask Dr. Joe questions. Thanks for listening to The Good News. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.